Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Happy Skews Day to you. It is September 27th, 2022. I'm Trey Crowder. That's Mark Agee. What's up, Mark? What's up, Trey? Uh, first of all, I want to send uh, thoughts and prayers to uh, the people of Florida and the Gulf Coast right now because Hurricane Ian is bearing down them. Uh, last I saw, two and a half million people have been told to evacuate. My wife's family's hunkering down in Central Florida, canned goods and shit. You got your, uh, you know, your hurricane parties going on. So, hope everybody stays safe and dry, and uh, trees don't fall over in your cars and shit. So there, there. It's well, fine. with any luck, this hurricane will perform as poorly as the Miami hurricanes uh, have been this year, and then and everybody makes it out okay. Because yeah, Miami hurricanes couldn't hurt fly. So hopefully, Ian uh, keeps that up. Yeah. All the best yeah. to everybody. Yeah, let's hope the anthrop- anthropomorphized uh, weather f- uh, weather football team uh, is a, a forbearinger of uh, – mm-hmm. I'll use that word wrong. You know what I'm saying. I do. Uh, fun update. A story we talked about, uh, about, I guess, about over a year ago uh, during all the Reddit GameStop stuff, which we're having fun with. Um, if you remember, we talked about somebody dug into, like, with some weird stock and trying to figure out what it was and turned out – uh, a single deli in New Jersey, like a deli that didn't sells pastrami, pastrami sandwiches, would, had achieved, somehow achieved a $113 billion valuation on Wall Street. Bill, <laughs> and, billion? Yeah, or, yeah, I think it was, yeah, million. Say, say million. Maybe I misread it. I, I read it this morning. Anyway, well, way, way, yeah. way too much money for a deli. Uh, anyway, so anyway, those th- th- turns out there were three guys who had used an offshore, co- offshore shell corporation to like tr- uh, trade stuff back and forth to elevate its value. And they got arrested for securities fraud. Two of them did. One of them uh, fled to a non-extradition country with all, all his money. So good for him, I guess. Uh, you ever wonder how much the economy is yeah. real, Trey? Oh, all the time, <laughs> dude. Anytime I think about the stock market, that's like kind of where my head goes. Because it's just all like numbers on spreadsheets and databases and shit. And it's all just like, yeah, speculative and seemingly uh, made up and fantastical it's wild how it all works which i don't yeah. understand how it all works but, i mean yeah in our, in our dumb business not that anyone else outside of it should care but discovery you know the the the, the, the organization that makes property brothers and shit and ghost hunting shows and uh, 90 day fiance bought time warner on a I credit know. card right and started selling it off for parts and you're like, well, how is a smaller company buy a bigger company and then right. destroy it? And who's loaning the money to do that because they think it's sustainable or good business? And they sh- immediately shelved the $90, $90 million Batgirl movie that had Brendan Fraser and Michael Keaton in it mm-hmm. and, and just deleted it. And like, who wrote the tax code this way? And why is it, why is it more profitable? All the talk about nobody wants to work anymore. How are corporations making money not doing stuff than doing stuff? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's like, yeah, all that shit's been like getting worse, but yet they've all had like record years in terms of, you know, revenues and profits and shit. And yeah, I, I don't know. It's uh, it's horse shit. Um, don't make no sense. Um, I, I, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what isn't horse shit though. Uh, producer Matt and his organization, Rural Organizing. We talk sometimes about how you and I just say stuff and we respect people who do stuff. Well, producer Matt don't say nothing ever. Maybe because he's too busy out here doing shit. So his uh, organization, giving them a shout out. They just had some uh, 
pretty interesting polling numbers come in. These poll, this polling found that abortion rights is, in fact, a definitive issue amongst rural battle, battleground voters. So they polled undecided voter, undecided rural voters in battleground states and found that uh, a, abortion, a pro-choice position came out on top of the list of uh, needle movers, as it were, more so than party identity or uh, an endorsement from Farm Bureau or a labor organization. It seems mm-hmm. like uh, abortion rights is pissing people off nationwide, country and city folk. Yeah, something that's said in the pre-show about how like the Farm Bureau is, taking for spe- is speaking for all of rural America. It's really funny because it met through the number out of 8% of rural people uh, working in agriculture. I actually grew up on a farm, but like most of my friends did not, even though we're all rural. But so it's like, yeah, it is interesting to me that like it, the, 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 the city slicker right. assumption is that we're all out here tilling the land and shit. And it's just not true. Um, big factory farms have put everybody out of business. Everybody works for somebody else now. Uh, but yeah, it, it sort of makes an intuitive kind of kind of sense, because when you live rural, you're deprived of health care in a lot of ways. Like you've got to mm-hmm. drive hours to get to a doctor. So um a uh, the state passing laws to make it so you have to drive four, six, eight hours to get to a doctor, don't hit. And it's sort of it, it makes sense, but the numbers are pretty astounding. Like uh Farm Bureau endorsement uh moved uh, uh boosted Democrat support by seven percent. These are surveys of ind- mostly independent voters in Senate battleground states. They got a seven point boost from a farm bureau endorsement, but a nine point boost from a Planned Parenthood endorsement. Florida and Georgia, um, the boost Democratic candidate got from abortions rights group endorsement was even more pronounced, while Farm Bureau endorsement resulting in a five-point bump, a Planned Parenthood endorsement yielded an 18-point boost. Um, so the other big takeaway I feel like from this, and I mean, Matt said this in uh, pre-show, but you guys are not privy uh, to Matt's angelic voice, so we just had to relay it to you. But I think it's a really good point. It's like I think the conventional wisdom has been for like Democrat candidates when it comes to rural campaigning, the idea that like, you know, just don't talk about abortion. Don't bring it up because that'll torpedo Mm -hmm. you or whatever. And I've said shit like that before because I assumed it to be true. But this seems to uh, (laughs) imply that it is not. In fact, in fact, it could be the opposite. So, yeah. Yeah. Progressive policies, uh, people like them. The Democrat mm-hmm. brand, people do not like. Uh, you right. think Democrats would figure out that their problems in abortion, the problems the way you guys talk about it. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, run on your beliefs. Say what you mean. Clear language. And also, people don't like having their rights taken away. Um, don't hit for people. So, yeah, mm-hmm. just to be honest about what's happening and say it in clean, simple language and not some uh, graduate school double speak, which is, you know, well, we go back to over and over here. Um, quick update before we get to the show. We talked last week, we talked about Santos and his uh, stupid human trafficking scheme a lot. And it wasn't clear what had happened. We talked about how the, the uh, private jet tracker showed that there was another flight booked from San Antonio, from the same company from San Antonio, the same place, the place the other flights took off to go to Martha's Vineyard. Supposed to go to an airport near Joe Biden's house. They were just going to drop another group of people off next to Joe, near Joe Biden's house to like troll. Um, it wasn't clear what was going to happen. It, it apparently was supposed to happen. But once word went wide that the public was aware of it, DeSantis said he lied and said it was a fake out move to troll the media. Now, what happened was he had paid for this flight and then decided not to do it after the politics of it weren't clear anymore. And, uh, yeah, he spent uh, 
the contractor is a DeSantis campaign donor and buddy. And he's apparently given him close to a million dollars so far to move to, to not even the, the, the Delaware flight didn't move anybody. But he spent right. a, floor, a, a million dollars in Florida taxpayer money on this scheme so far. And so who's being owned here? Um, it's not liberals. It's Florida taxpayers um, who could probably use that money for hurricane recovery at the moment or in the next few days or weeks. Yeah, um, I'm kind of surprised personally that they ended up not going through with it because like we talked about last week, I feel like on their side of the aisle, the shit was like a home run. I thought they loved how much it owned us and everybody was all fired up about it and shit. So I'm kind of surprised. I'm pleasantly surprised because I don't want them doing that shit anymore, obviously, but yeah, Mm -hmm. that's not how I would have thought it would turn out. It is incredibly popular among the bloodthirsty uh, Republican base. It's not Republic. It's not popular among like regular people who just like, don't want to see mean stuff on the news. So I think I saw mm-hmm. like 44% of people like this, but that's still, that's way too many, but it's still not a majority. So anyway, fuck him. But anyway, another news related to this, uh, the scam, um, the woman who, who recruited this, these migrants to get on these flights. Uh, we talked about it a little bit last week. Her name's Perla or the name she gave them was Perla. An organization in Texas is offering a $5,000 reward for information leading to, to uncovering the identity of Perla. So, uh, uh, that Bear County Sheriff's investigation, I doubt it could touch DeSantis, but this woman could definitely be in a little bit of trouble. Um, so yeah, fuck Perla, fuck DeSantis. I hope they uh, they get to the bottom of who she was and what she was up to and who she worked for. Because all these people are fucking sickos, and I do not like them, and I want bad things to happen to them. There. Heard that. Ditto, mm-hmm. buddy. All right. Let's get into it. With us, as always, is producer Matt. This is Weekly Skews. I want to remind you, of course, of two quick items. Number one, if you are vaccinated and want to see me live, go to TreyCrowder.com. Check out the upcoming tour dates. We're adding new ones as we speak, moving into 2023. Uh, Some of those are solo shows. Some of them that you see in red there are well-read shows with me, Corey, Andrew. Either way, I hope you'll come out. Go to TreyCrowder.com. Get your tickets now. Number two, if you enjoy this program and would like to show your support, you can do so by signing up on Patreon. $5 a month gets you access to full-length bonus episodes like the one we're going to record later this week. We're having fun with it. We hope you will consider going to weeklyskews.com slash more, or you can go on Patreon, look me up. Either way works. Sign up on there. Get some more skews in your life. Okay. As for the show tonight, the season finale of the big January 6th committee sagas around the corner. What's going to happen? More bombshells? Are they going to tie everything up with a nice little bow? Are they introducing new characters this late in the game? We're all going to find out soon enough. But Mark and I will talk about what we know already a little bit later. But first, of course, we will begin with the Daily Dumbass. Matt, graphic, please. Tonight's DD, nuclear weapons for getting your papa all riled up. Uh, you'll understand in a minute. Play the clip, Matt. The N-word. You know what the N-word is? It's no, no, no. It's the nuclear <laughs> word. He mentioned the N-word yesterday. The nuclear word not supposed to be mentioned. The N-word. You know what the oh, N-word God. is? It's, so... It, that everybody, everybody like, oh, I know that me, me, I, yeah, call me. I know this one. I got <laughs> no, no, no. The, Literally start screaming out at it. Oh, God, it's so, it's so fucking funny and oh, shitty, God, funny in a shitty way. But my God, yeah. 
They just reveal who they are. The, the All the time. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Hell yeah, we know it. We know it. And later, they're like, damn, that was the easiest question on the quiz. I got that wrong. Jesus Christ. It's like, yeah. the, uh, what was, who was it that um, we showed a clip of them in front of a similar crowd saying, you know, people like to say that I'm the most racist politician in this country. And the whole crowd's mm. like, hell yeah. <laughs> He's like, well, I don't know why you're cheering because I'm I'm not. <laughs> like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That was, uh, with another thing. <laughs> that was Sheriff Joe Arpaio. Yeah, at right. a uh, at, at a one at, at a even more racist version of CPAC hosted by mm-hmm. American Firsters or whatever. Yeah, it, it, Trump apparently um, used that construction talk about nuclear before a bunch of times. Somebody found a, uh, made a compilation of it, but yeah. He, he always talks, brings up the N word, and then turns to talking about nuclear. I guess he was talking about Ukraine or something. I don't know. It doesn't matter. He doesn't have, have any idea what he's talking about. He's been telling people that uh, that if he got, if he was president, he'd make gas prices lower, and then somehow that would have kept Russia from invading Ukraine. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Well, um, speaking of not making any sense, we got another one here for you. Honorable mention: America for being great, but not great really anymore but also is gay maybe it's hard to say really but we'll we'll let trump explain great country remember i was going to say it's going to use an expression we have to keep our country gay but but it's not (laughs) i mean for some reason it's just not great anymore (laughs) if he if he uh ran on keep america gay he might win 75 percent of the vote Uh, yeah, I, it's like we've talked about it before, but it is wild how like they, you know, they say they're the patriots. We're the ones who hate this country and shit like that. But they're also the ones who talk about how much the country fucking sucks all the time and how, you know, it needs to be better and everything. So it's an appropriate clip, I think. Yeah. And they never the, the trick is they never say what would actually make it better because. It, well, yeah. It wouldn't make it better. It's it, it's like uh, if you ask me what I'd do to make America better, I'd be like, oh, you know, single payer health care for starters. I would mm-hmm. uh, adjust the tax code so mm-hmm. like smaller companies couldn't buy bigger companies and then ruin them. You know, so like that. Yeah. And there's workers' like, rights and shit. Yeah, and they're like a, just a vague sense of making it whiter is like all it takes. Right. And it, 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 the first video we showed, they're like they always stage the the. Whether they're paid or whether they're actual supporters or not, they always make sure that they, they, the three or four or five black Trump supporters that are there are, are behind them. Yeah, and you watch the, the the like this looks like the guys wearing a veteran's hat. This older this older black papa is like stone faced during the first part. And people woo the n word, and then when he pivots talking about nuclear, goes, "Yep, yep, I knew that's what he's talking about." All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was, he's something else, man. Um, yeah. All right, our next honorable mention. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say like it, it, it's he's not really much in the public eye right now. Um, but like I keep saying he's getting worse, but he is getting worse. He's retweet, he's like retruthing re- re- on his, on his social, social media platform. Clear QAnon content, like I'm talking about, like mm-hmm. cartoons where he's wearing a superhero shirt with a giant Q on it. So like, yeah, it, well, it's probably the getting, first part that he's super into. Uh, but yeah, now he like if those people love him even more than normal MAGA types, then he's going to be uh, full-blown Q in no time. You know what I mean? I, like, it's just how he operates. I, I was reading uh, Will Sommer, who's the Daily Beast reporter, who covers like right-wing disinformation and, and, and personality cults and stuff like this, was talking about like, what he's up to. And because this is not a way to electoral success, but if you have the justice system coming after you and you what you want is a bunch of pressure on the system from stochastic terrorism – 
then this is probably the way to go. If he's doing anything rational, it's it's uh, making himself even more the messianic leader of a religious cult who will fire yeah. bomb, uh courthouses on his behalf. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's fucking frightening, but definitely makes sense. As far as that goes, uh, our next honorable mention for Daily Dumbass, anyone who thought it was impossible for a veteran to steal valor, uh, apparently. Ohio congressional, uh, Ohio GOP House candidate J.R. Majewski has been caught misrepresenting his own military service. He's often bragged about being an Air Force combat veteran who was deployed to Afghanistan in the wake of the 9-11 terrorist attacks, talking about the tough conditions that they faced on the ground over there. However, documents obtained by the Associated Press through public records indicate that he never went to Afghanistan. Instead, he spent a lot of time, I think it was in Japan, and then a six-month deployment in uh, Qatar during the war in Afghanistan, where he loaded and unloaded planes. So slightly yeah. less glory, sounds like. Yeah, he, this is really funny because... <laughs> You just be a veteran, man. People respect veterans. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you don't have to fucking do that. Like, if you, he did serve. People respect that as they should. Just go with that. Don't make yourself out to be fucking Sergeant York or something if you didn't do it, especially in this day and age. But, you know. Yeah. And it's also, he was in the Air Force, which is the, the branch that, not saying they they don't see a lot of hand to hand combat in the Air Force. Mm So it's not even clear what he's, but yeah, he, the specifics of this are hilarious because he keeps telling this little story about like, about the tough conditions in Afghanistan, saying the like lack of running water made him go 40 days without a shower in Afghanistan. But the thing is the military, if you spend more than 30 days um, in Afghanistan, you get a medal for it. And there's no, like, like it's like a service medal or whatever. And he didn't get that. So there's no, he can't come up with any reason to justify. Well, he did come up with a reason. Uh, I want to show you this video. This is him describing why it's not in his records that, uh, not in his service records that he actually deployed. In fact, the orders and the military records that I've been able to obtain from my personal files shows that all of my deployments are listed as classified. <laughs> this was a strategic yeah. and strategically placed, excuse me. All right. I, I think that's to, good. Yeah, right? that's important. That's, yeah, part. yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's like, just, he's like he's like actually the reason is is because it was even more cool and badass, really. But I wasn't yeah. allowed to tell you guys that. But that's actually what's going on. It's like special ops, Navy SEAL type shit. That's what it was. But I can't talk about that. So, yeah, you got you guys seen Jason Bourne? Well, my real name's <laughs> not even Jr. Majewski. It's uh, I recovered my memories. Turns out it he's got such a fucking dipshit. Um, he also didn't receive a Global War on Terror Expeditionary Medal, which you get. Um, if you if you ever if you you to get that just for serving in direct service in the war on terror so he, like whatever his framework of his service was wasn't really he was like doing resupply stuff for like an, in a, a country that's not even adjacent what um, wasn't it is this the guy he was a like a maga rapper also yeah. he was a maga rapper who was at january 6th and a QAnon mm-hmm. guy and all this stuff so he checks a lot of the dipshit boxes you know uh yeah but yeah he's the one he got Trump's attention by painting a giant Trump mural in his yard. We talked about him a while right, back. He basically mowed a giant Q into his lawn. You could see it from the air because <laughs> he's, a, he's a big QAnon guy. He now says he never supported Q, and though he's quoted directly on QAnon live streams being like, I love Q. I think Q is great, and everything he's saying is true. Um, he, also, the funny thing with this guy, he's a – look, every profession has mediocre people in it. <laughs> 
that includes Air Force, comedy, whatever, right? So he, um, the striking thing when people look at his service record was he like only got one pay grade promotion in four years of, in his years of service, which is like not normal. I think he only made it to like E2, which is like the second lowest level mm-hmm. <laughs> of pay you can get. So they basically worked at McDonald's for four years and was still in the fries. And he got, he, he exited um, his enlistment code, is I'm quoting here from the AP, his enlistment code also indicated that he could not sign up for the Air Force again. So they didn't dishonorably discharge him, but they did say, you can't work here anymore, bud. Um, and it really, what happened was he got in a big brawl in a barracks. And uh, I don't know if he won or lost the fight, but uh, that's all he did was fight with fellow Air Force guys and get kicked out. But the result of all this, oh, we talked about Juicy last week, too, because he'd spoke at a Trump rally last week. And he's the guy that said the thing about um, uh, we don't get goosebumps, we get eagle bumps. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, one of his old bars. That's a line from one of his MAGA raps. Still, yeah. He's got to find ways to use it still. Yeah. So, the, But basically after this happened, the House GOP campaign arm, uh, they, they were, it's a million-dollar ad buy scheduled to help him. He's up against a rep, uh, incumbent rep, Democrat by the name of Marcy Kaptur, K-A-P-T-U-R. Sorry if I'm saying that wrong. So they basically just washed their hands of him. And this was a this is a Trump this is a district Trump won, so it should have been an easy pickup for Republicans, but he bumblefucked it away from them. Uh yeah. by stealing valor. So yeah. Yeah. Classic <laughs> bumblefucking uh from uh, from these types. All right, our next honorable mention, John Fetterman and Johnny Cash for being Crips, evidently. You guys didn't know that? It's true. That from Newt Gingrich. If you got that uh, screen grab of that tweet, Matt. Yeah, it's a tweet from Newt Gingrich. Is Pennsylvania Democrat Fetterman's tattoo, I Will Make You Hurt, based on his ties to the Crips gang, as reported by the Free Beacon, or a reference to the Nine Inch Nails heroin song, Hurt? Fetterman won't answer questions. Uh, Probably not the Crips thing. (laughs) I would, I would assume, but you know, I'm not that up on uh, crip recruiting or anything like that. Uh, He doesn't seem like the type. (laughs) Yeah. It's nice to see like a racial, the the, the racialized nineties panic over gang members back. Um, Hadn't heard about that in a while. Even even in LA where Crips and Bloods were a big part of, you know, the city culture. You don't even really see anybody worry about that anymore. Um, But so, The, the the way they're going so Fetterman had a pretty how insane Fetterman's making them is hilarious to me. Like they're going all in on Oz, who sucks because in their mind Oz looks like a senator and uh, he does and Fetterman doesn't. And they're like to, there was a big long speech. Um, I forget who gave it the other day, but about how he doesn't wear. He, Oh, Oz did. We're going to get to it. Sorry, I'm. I've been. I got up early and I've been working all day, so I'm a little out of it. But they like Fetterman. Um, they asked him about his tattoos, and he apparently has a tattoo of the death date of every murder that happened in the town he was mayor while he was mayor. So mm-hmm. like, turned his tattoo into a news story, and he's like, "Yeah, but these are cool tattoos. Right. These are my constituents who I failed because I because I feel bad about it." And I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess he's a good dude. Anyway, it's obviously a quote from the Nine Inch Nails slash Johnny Cash song. But right. uh, but I like the fact that he went to the Nine Inch Nails version. It is the original, but obviously the, the Johnny Cash yeah. version was, was, a, was a much bigger, bigger hit. 
Yeah. 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 Um, well, it's, you said that, uh, you know, they're like, he's like, yeah, but these, these are cool though. You know, like they say mm-hmm. something about him. He's like, but that's cool. That seems to be a theme. I feel like, uh, with them and Fetterman, uh, for example, yeah. th- this next clip about his, uh, drug policy, I guess you would say, here we go. Yeah. In his life, Sean, he hasn't worked a day as lieutenant governor. He put the marijuana flag up. He thought that was funny. He's trolling his opponent. He thinks that's funny. Here's what's not funny, that there's been a doubling of overdose deaths in Pennsylvania while he's been in office from 2015 to 2021. Fentanyl is rankling every every corner of the state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wade flag, oh. pretty cool, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but also like the fucking linking Wade to you know heroin or whatever immediately is also some '90s shit. Uh, and before, mm-hmm. you know, I thought we were past by now. But all drugs are the same, Trey. If you take if you take Tylenol, you're also uh, contributing to the fentanyl overdose crisis. Uh, do we don't do fentanyl? I think everybody's on the same page with that. Um, but like they're so thirsty and li- listening to Dr. Oz talk about they can't help like they make him everything they think sucks about him is all the cool things about him. Right, exactly. Uh, they do it all the time. <laughs> but yeah, play yeah, play that yeah. Dr. Oz podcast <laughs> clip. My app. Oh, I want to push back on the costume a little bit because it's an interesting phenomenon. I was stunned by it as well. <laughs> but it turns out that if you're a far left radical with the belief that this country is irredeemably stained, you just want to break it apart. Just mm. bust America, yeah. crack it to its base, break it asunder, and rebuild yeah. it with your toxic ideology. That's what he stands for. Mm. When he dresses like that, it's not an accident. He's kicking authority in the balls. Yeah, he says, "Hey, I'm the man. I'm gonna. I'll show those guys who's who's boss. I'm gonna not allow any traditional path." to succeed because by breaking some parts of it down, I can represent, I can break it all down. That's the deeper message he's delivering. Yeah. Hell so, yeah. Is <laughs> he just cutting campaign ads for John Fetterman at this I point? Know. John Fetterman's going to kick authority in the balls. Like, yeah, it sounds like, uh, that, first of all, it reminds me of that. Remember that famous Kid Rock tweet when he's a, hey, he's like peeking around yeah, a doorway, flipping his middle finger, and goes. The, the text is just, "Hey, authority." It's like, oh yeah, yeah it's fucking show them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but now there it is. Oh, there yeah. it is. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Kid Rock thought that looked cool, which it doesn't. But John, but uh, Dr. Oz is making John Fetterman look cool. Like Fetterman, almost immediately through his Twitter troll persona, had adopted it as his campaign slogan and made essentially a campaign poster. It says, "Fetterman kicking authority in the ball." <laughs> He just the, the way he's handled social media and just all this shit throughout the whole thing has just been a master class as far as I'm concerned, man. He fucking yeah. he brings the noise uh, on there. Um, it is wild to me, like the the, the the fentanyl like panic. Fentanyl sucks, and we got to do a lot of stuff to try to save more people's lives, including making them less sad in the society as they turn to drugs in the first place. But like. No one who, none of these people seem to actually know what fentanyl is. Right. <laughs> to a degree, like, this next one is a good example of it. Um, uh, I guess this dumbass here is your stupid kids for not using test strips on the heroin you bought them. So here we go. No, that's so wrong. No. Yeah. Skipped one. Hang on. He's finding it. Yeah, right there. 
There you all go. Right, we got it coming. It's okay, everybody. Everybody calm down. It's all right. <laughs> Stop clamoring. It's going to be fine. I'm just trying to fill dead air. That's all I'm doing. I don't even know what I'm saying right. anymore. Here we go. Yeah. Hold the law. We will secure our borders so your kids won't have to fear wondering that they're buying fentanyl and are going to OD. We will make So it's like, he's, he's like, well, listen, kids are going to do drugs and that's cool. We just got to, you know, we just got to make yeah. sure that there's no fentanyl in it. And it's like, it's like a odd take for Kevin McCarthy to have. But I guess the focus for him is on the, the Mexicans bringing all the drugs up here is where he's. For sure. Uh, that's where he's focusing the ire. If he's talking about doing harm reduction, where to make, we need to make doing drugs safe so people can get motivated to get off them, sure. But like the argument right. he's making is like these dirty brown people are making it yes. unsafe for your sweet little twelve-year-old boy Tyler to do cocaine. Right? Like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, for the record, ninety percent of the drugs that come in through Mexico are driven in through legal points of entry. They're just hidden inside legal products. Like we've all. If you've seen Breaking Bad when they bring it in in Kansas stuff for the chicken restaurant, that's that, that's closer to reality than whatever Kevin McCarthy's talking about. And also, um, most of the majority of fentanyl is smuggled into America comes from China in the mail. All right. So none of their, nothing they're talking about about the border has any relation to fentanyl drug overdose deaths. Uh, these people are just fear mongering about migrants and fuck them. If a migrant had access to millions of dollars in fentanyl, why are they sneaking in asking for asylum? Right. Yeah, I don't know. It's almost like none of it makes any fucking sense, you know? All yeah. right. Yeah. Our final honorable mention is going to be an update you've all been waiting for, but the honorable mention is everybody else in the world for being less mentally healthy than this dude in Ohio, uh, evidently. Matt, you got that clip. This is Brandon Shea, a member of the Ohio State Board of Education, um, who had this to say about everybody's new favorite Completely made up panic that's sweeping mm -hmm. right by storm. Yep, here we go. This just will not go away. Yeah. We are witnessing perhaps it. the greatest collapse in mental health in the history of the world. We've literally got kids <laughs> who think they're cats and dogs using litter no, no. boxes in classrooms. Still. And yet some of the same people who have had the most influence in these areas for many years tell us that only they have the wisdom right. only they okay, have the right. solutions to the complex it's so, so wild how they they latch on to these things every now and then it's like it doesn't matter how often they get debunked or whatever else it's just like i don't know there's just certain things that just like get in their head and they just run with it they love it as soon as somebody on this side hears this i guess because this it's like what wokeness is doing to our youth or whatever is the reason yeah. that this is like such a thing that sticks with them, despite how fucking ridiculous it clearly is. But yeah, yeah man. he was making this case, uh, introducing the, the made up furry thing. We've talked about a bunch uh, as a reason for his resolution, opposing protections for LGBTQ and trans students uh, 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 via title nine. Uh, he's on the state board of education, even though, according to his own bio, he homeschools his fucking children. Uh, if, by the way, if this guy's kids are watching, go read a real book because he's not telling you shit about anything. <laughs> uh, but it's not just this fucking guy. This happened again this week. The, Rep the Republican nominee for governor in Colorado. Here's a headline. Her, na her name's uh, Ganahl. Ganahl falsely, claim falsely claims that kids are identifying as cats all over Colorado and schools are tolerating it. 
So this no one no one knows any this isn't happening. So no one's seen it or knows anyone who's personally seen it. It's a game of telephone on Facebook, and they've completely made it up out of thin air, and they're fucking running on it. It's absolutely insane. Let me quote, let me quote, quote from her real quick. Not many people know that we have furries in Colorado schools, she said on a radio show. Have you heard about this story? Yeah, kids identifying as cats. It sounds absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I agree with you, lady. It does. But it's happening all over Colorado, and schools are tolerating it. It's insane. What on earth are we doing? Knock it off, schools. Put your foot down. Like, stop it. Let's get back to teaching basics and not allow this woke ideology. Uh, it, it is happening here in Colorado. It's why I moved from Boulder Valley to Douglas County because it was happening in my kids' schools four years ago. She's lying about the reason she moved towns. She already right. she's implanted a false memory in herself of kids dressing up as cats. And I, I also saw today this pollster did a focus group with uh, Trump 2016 and Biden 2020 voters about the things they were most concerned with. And multiple people brought this up as one of their top concerns. <laughs> First of all, why would this be one of your top concerns in the world we currently live in? You know what I mean? But obviously, secondly, they they clearly it was not a thing. It's only recently become a thing. But yeah, I, th- I wonder that all the time with them about how like because in my head, I hear it and I'm like, this person has to know that they're lying <laughs> and it just doesn't phase them at all. But it's like you said. It's very possible with a lot of them that somehow they do believe it. Sometimes a lot of the shit that they say, it's like they, like you said, falsify it in their own head or they have a false memory or something, but it is true to them, even though it's shit that never happened. And it's just fucking, it's wild. The shit is wild. It's the sale of witch trials, man. It's the moral panic. It's gone wide through social media. But the thing about this is like part of the, you got to remember that they think kids or schools are giving kids who identify as furries, which identifying as a furry isn't a thing we talked about before, litter boxes. So they can like shit and poop in schools and litter boxes. Shitting uh, and pooping? Out yeah. Troll, and, I, dude. and I was trying, I was at work earlier. I was trying, I was like, do you guys know this is happening? Because we live in such bifurcated realities that like all my coworkers had no idea what I was talking about. They essentially thought I was making it up while I was telling you and they were laughing and talking about it. But like, Reality is indecipherable to you if you don't know this is going on. For example, this is a tweet today from Matt Schlapp, who's the chairman of CPAC. And you wouldn't understand what the, this is indecipherable if you don't know this is going on. If you have the screen grab, Matt, um, right here. Yeah, so he's quote tweeting a, a thing about Mayor Eric Adams, who's saying that Kansas doesn't have a brand, which Eric Adams is his own kind of idiot. But he goes, we go in toilets and we believe in God. We believe God creates boys and girls. So we go in toilets. He's dumping yeah. on him by by talking about the fucking kids right in the boxes thing. Yeah, well, in Kansas we it. use the potty. Okay, <laughs> so now what? We go potty in Kansas, Mister Big Mayor. <laughs> but like, what does that mean? If your brain isn't ruined like me, where you know about the furry thing, what does this look like to a normal person? <laughs> it's insane, man. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, let's talk about the January 6th committee. What do you say? It's coming back. Uh, sort yeah. of. Right? It was supposed to be tomorrow, tomorrow. right? They've, yeah. But they've pushed it back because of uh, the aforementioned hurricane. hurricane. Have they rescheduled yeah. it or they just pushed it back like indefinitely? No date yet. I'm assuming it'll yeah. be depending on how bad Ian is because I one, it's like you don't be doing this sort of. I think it's good political theater to be doing, and it's important to understand exactly what happened. But it is it, it would look bad doing political theater while real people's houses are getting destroyed. I mean, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think it was the right choice. 
it also would suck up a lot of the media coverage. And the point of this is to get people to hear about it. So I get why I get why you push it back because to you, it would, it would look bad and be less effective. So I get why, but the sketch, it's not really. So you got to read the tea leaves with this stuff, right? So they haven't announced what the topic of this hearing is going to be, but they will tell reporters on background. So when you read this story, you can sort of you can sort of make assumptions about what the hearing is going to be about. Like this story right here from CNN says, understanding Trump's intentions for going to the Capitol on January 6th will provide insight into his state of mind that day and expose more potentially criminal activity. Um, so they've established they want to go to the Capitol, but they haven't talked about why, yet, what he was hoping to do or hoping to accomplish. So I'm assuming that will be worked out or, or at least alluded to in these hearings. Um so a lot of anonymous stuff's been leaking out of this story. Yeah, they, somebody leaked a bunch of Mark Meadows' texts, um, mm-hmm. and this is pretty interesting. Uh, Meadow was texting directly with the guy who was running the legal efforts uh, to try to uh, seize voting machines, mm-hmm. um, which Meadows turned over his texts. Maybe he'll regret that later for not fighting it because other people have had more success then. Um, the guy he was texting with... <laughs> This is most, mostly focused to Atlanta and Georgia, and it's pretty funny because the guy's basically sending live updates about all their terrible legal cases failing, and he's like, fuck, bullshit, this sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so the guy he's texting with, he was coordinating, and like, these guys are skating by because they're, pretend- they're pretending there wasn't coordination, right? So that's right. where these, these things are revealing, is that these actually were essentially coordinated, and the people right. at the top running it yeah they're like we had nothing to do with it it's all just shit that happened it was you know rogue actors out there doing it on their yeah. own had nothing to do with us but they were you know texting with them back and forth uh, yeah the whole time the, the guy meadows is texting his name is phil waldron uh he's a former like uh, army intelligence guy we'll get to that in a little bit because it's an important part of the story um uh so he was he was running both efforts according to the two efforts in georgia and arizona um he like I said, he's a retired army colonel. Um, he worked with Mike Flynn, who's a special kind of lunatic. Um, he made a, he sent Meadows a PowerPoint presentation outlining a plan for overturning the election, which was later used to brief Republican lawmakers. And it was titled in part, quote, options for six January. Uh, so yeah, that's foreshadowing. Um, he also helped draft language for executive order directed the Pentagon and department of Homeland security to, to, to seize voting machines on behalf of the white house. Trump never actually signed that order because his lawyers told him uh, it, it could be a big no-no and get you in trouble. So he didn't actually sign it, but like it was drafted and it was in his inbox. Um, he was doing like psychological warfare in the army and he got obsessed with foreign election hacking. Like that was a huge structural weakness in America and in, in, in America's like uh, infrastructure. And so when this, when Trump started lying about this stuff, it right. really tickled his, his sweet spot. Right. Paranoid, paranoid delusion he already had. But he left the army a while back, and you're wondering what he's been doing since then. He runs a bar and distillery in Dripping Springs, Texas, and this was funny to me from because I was like, "What? Is, like, what is this about?" So the the distillery, the brewery is called One Shot, and here's how it pitches itself: Retired U.S. Army Colonel Phil Waldron, a veteran with 30 years of service, wanted to find a way to blend his passion of supporting fellow veterans and first responders with world class spirits and beers. He assembled a tactical team of individuals that shared his passions and had proven experience to complete his mission. So they're doing tactical liquor, Trey. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I was trying to figure out how is he helping veterans? Is he donating like some of the proceeds? No, the, he, he just honors them by naming stuff after them and literally markets itself as like, this is the liquor you pour out for your dead homies. That's, that's literally what they, Jesus, man. What this market is. And it's like, 
like the, 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 the I'm looking at the website right now. Uh, one shot vodka is called match grade vodka, and they rate all their all their liquors with cal, uh, uh, caliber designations. And this was the match grade vodka is 5.56 millimeter, which is the mainstay of fighting forces around the world. It's light, extremely accurate, and always on target. So this this is the most accurate vodka you can get. It goes straight in your bloodstream. Uh, <laughs> all the liquors are like this. This is just the dumbest fucking thing. Anyway, this guy almost overthrew the government between poorly naming liquors. Um, uh, criminal prosecutors in Georgia are trying to get both Waldron and Meadows to testify. Um, Waldron has been engaged in a month-long legal fight with the January 6th committee, uh, which has subpoenaed his cell phone data, but he's smarter than Meadows, so he's at least trying not to hurt, turn it over. Um, somebody in the committee also leaked this sort of best of Roger Stone montage. Now, Roger Stone had a documentary crew. I'm not sure if he hired them or just cooperated with them. Right. Following him around during all this is where they got all this footage. So if we have it, Matt, you can play it right here. It's of Roger Stone. This one is on from November 2nd of 2020 on his way home from a Doug Collins rally. This was in Georgia. Let's watch it. Excellent. <laughs> the violence. the voting. Let's get right Let's get to right the to violence. Let's get right to it. Shoot to kill. This other clip shows Roger Stone imploring the people in his orbit how important it is to claim Trump's victory, no matter what, on election night. Here it is. Let's just hope we're celebrating. I suspect it'll be, I really do suspect it'll still be up in the air. But when that happens, the key thing to do is to claim victory. Possession is nine tenths of the law. No, we won. You. Sorry, over. We won. Yeah. You're wrong. Yeah. You. That was even before winner right. was even decided in the 2020 election. The scene before, and it shows Roger Stone. This is on July 9th, 2020. This was recorded by Stone's assistant during COVID. Oh, yeah. This one's wild. What they're assuming is the election will be normal. The election will not be normal. Oh, these are the California results? Sorry, we're not accepting them. We're challenging them in court. If the electors show up at the, at the electoral college, armed guards will throw them out. I'm the president. F*** you. You're not stealing Florida. You're not stealing Ohio. I'm challenging all of it. And the judges we're going to are judges I appointed. F*** you. You're not stealing the election. That's, what, that's basically what Bush did to Gore. So you know, <laughs> it's not wrong. Let's we'll have an investigation. We'll say these ballots are fake. Yep. Your results are invalidated. Goodbye. That's the way it's going to have to work. Wow. It's, it's going to be right. really nasty. Wow. And at the very end of that, he was like, he's like, this is what we got to do because they cheat. You know, we we don't yeah. cheat. It's like the whole thing is about how like we're explicitly about how we're going to rig this election to keep them from cheating. And we're going to do that by ripping up ballots and throwing them right. out and running away electors, uh, you know, at gunpoint and all that shit, because so it's like, we, we got to out cheat them because they're going to cheat us. Uh, but we never cheat. And the whole thing is just fucking insane. Uh, is, is he like the sorriest, sorriest one of them all Roger Stone or most evil or whatever. Is it him or Bannon or who you think? Cause he's got to be up there. Cause he's pretty, uh, He's like mustache twirling uh, level villain with this yeah. shit. I would say I put him in different categories because he's he's Bannon at least believes in stuff. Roger Stone is just a full on fucking power mad grifter, so he's more venal, I guess as I would put it. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure who's worse. He's definitely less damaging than Steve Bannon. 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's like one of those things. It's like comparing Trump and George W's presidency. Uh, Trump was a much dumber, more evil guy, but George W definitely killed more people. So I don't mm-hmm. like, I don't know how to rank them out. Um, so, uh, by the way, Stone's defense against all these this footage is that they're all deep fakes. So, yeah, if deep fakes have gotten this good, uh, sign me up, buddy. Uh, I also, I don't like you uh, said before we even showed the clip. Like, we, it's not like you were unaware you were on tape or being filmed. You had a camera mm-hmm. crew following you around. You didn't think anyone was ever going to see that. If you did think that, why did you let them be there in the first place? Like, it doesn't. It's. I guess it's like. He was just so convinced that, that he would never be in this position, i.e. that they would be unsuccessful in their efforts or anything like that. And if they had been successful, he'd be lauded as a hero. And this would be like a victory lap documentary for him or something. But it went the other yeah. way. So now he's got to claim it was all fake or some shit. I don't know. Yeah. I imagine his defense if he goes to trial would be like, I'm just an entertainer, man. I'm just joking around. I was put on a show mm-hmm. for the cameras. You know, free speech. Yada, yada, yada. But anyway, I hope it uh, doesn't work. Because uh, the guy's a fucking dangerous psychopath. And I was thinking about it. Cause I, I think I told, talked about the show before. I met him once at uh, Politicon. And I was trying to think, like, what year was famous, that? It would have been, like, I don't know, 2015, 2014. Could it have been 20, so not 2016, 2017? I didn't even know it, but I literally physically bumped into him at Politicon mm-hmm. uh, when I was there. And I was going to ask if we were, you were at the same Politicon and how I didn't know that, if so. But, yeah, he was there all the but, time. But, yeah, Corey told dad. me afterwards that I was, I was like, talking to somebody else or something, and I, like, bumped Roger Stone without realizing it, and he looked at me and made, like, a ooh, trash face and walked off. So that's the extent of yeah. my experience. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a sad, weird little troll, man. It was a very, he looks way weirder person than he does on camera. And uh, he just – I was trying to think of the most famous person I've ever met, and he's got definitely got to be in the top twenty, I think. But like, if he gets up going to prison for treason or something, he, he'll rock it up the list. So do it for me, Roger. Uh, <laughs> the uh, so all that stuff that's been leaked was leaked anonymously, but this gets to her not anonymously because this guy is the funniest one of all for reasons we're going to get to that involve Bigfoot and dicks and uh, grifting. But anyway, this is Denver Riggleman. Uh, we're going to talk about in a second in sixty minutes. Did it hit you at one point that this is way bigger than it appeared in the beginning? Absolutely. You get a real aha moment when you see that the White House switchboard had connected to a rioter's phone while it's happening. That's a big, pretty big aha moment. You get an aha Wait a minute. Someone in the White House was calling one of the rioters while the riot was going on? On January 6th. Absolutely. And you know who both ends of that call? I only know one end of that call. I don't know the White House end which I believe is more important. But the thing is, the American people need to know that there are link connections that need to be explored more. As senior technical advisor for the January 6th committee, Denver Riggleman, a former House Republican and ex-military intelligence officer, ran a data-driven operation pursuing phone records and other digital clues tied to the attack on the Capitol. From my perspective, you know, being in counterterrorism, you know, if the White House, even if it's a short call and it's a connected call, um, who is actually making that phone call? Is there a simple, innocent explanation for that? Was it an accidental <laughs> call from the White House that just happened to call numbers that somebody misdialed a rider that day on January 6th? Probably not. All right. So, uh, so a few biographical details about here, because we just talked about, talked about Waldron, who is a former army, he was an army intelligence guy who owns a brewery. Uh, Denver Riggleman is a former Air Force intelligence guy who owns a brewery. So we got a real diverse interest mm-hmm. in representing Congress. Um, 
So, yeah, so broad strokes of Riggleman's career, uh, he served one term in Congress. <laughs> we talked about him before, you might not remember. He uh, he took a, he, he ran and won in 2018 after somebody re- decided not to run again after some allegations they were uh, a horrible boss and ran a terrible workplace. As a safe Republican district, he got primaried in um, 2020 because he made the mistake of officiating a gay wedding. And so that was unacceptable to Republican primary voters. Um, and the main thing people knew it for him for is when he was running in 2018, his opponent pointed out and made it the main subject of her election campaign that he is a big enthusiast and devotee of Bigfoot erotica. Yeah. Uh, well, sure. He probably got a big old. Yeah, there it is. You know, Bigfoot got a hammer, dog. He's got yeah. to. Maybe he's just yeah. a size queen type of guy. I don't know. But in hair, so, like size and hair. Now he's just a big Bigfoot dude, right? Yeah, he loves he, Bigfoot. He, and he wrote uh, <laughs> his first book about Bigfoot came out in two thousand six. It was called Bigfoot Exterminators Inc. The pars- partially cautionary, mostly true tale of monster hunt. Uh, but it's about people who look for Bigfoot. And later is when he got horny about it and started drawing pictures and posting them to his social media accounts of sexy Bigfoot with a big hard cock. Uh, it's, it's very funny. It's, fun, it's funny to think it's like because yeah, I say he wrote these Bigfoot uh, books, you know, but they're non-erotic. It'd be funny if his editor, you know, was like, "Yeah, I'm liking the manuscript so far, but what's this part with the, uh, you know, the threesome with Bigfoot and two campers and the, yeah. you know, in the middle of the book? I think maybe we need to cut that out." And he's like, "You, you know, you sure yeah. about that? That's my favorite part." Yes, there's one Bigfoot porn edited out of his works and stuff. <laughs> yeah, there's one of his drawings. I guess he's not a bad drawing, but that's from his personal Instagram, which he shut down after someone dug these up. Um, <laughs> such a wild thought. Like, he, he I, said, putting that on your own Instagram willingly and like without thinking, like, I'm gonna have to delete this in shame one day. This picture of Bigfoot's rock hard abs and. T- <laughs> Yeah. Like, oh my God, man. Yeah. So his explanation for all this was some sort of joke his military buddies played on him, but he wouldn't explain what the joke was or how the joke worked, which we all, we all have running jokes with friends about the incomprehensible lore that doesn't make sense to anyone outside of our friend group. So maybe it's somewhat true, but whatever the joke was, it involved the existence of a Facebook author page for a new book he was writing titled The Mating Habits of Bigfoot and Why Women Want Him, which I assume this artwork was for. (laughs) Um, by the way, the woman, the woman who was who was running against, who who brought all this stuff to light, her name is Leslie Cockburn, who happens to be the mother of actor and director Olivia Wilde, who's been in the news a lot lately for uh, yeah. their new movie. Don't don't worry, darling. Um, so well, so while Ronald Rigamon was in Congress, um, he didn't really do much. Uh, he just tried to not get oh, primaried and again, top not jobs then. Uh, yeah, yeah. Know, like that's sort of that's the whole job, man. Not doing much. And the guy he lost the primary to is a shithead named Bob Good, who was the athletics director for Liberty University, which means he hired mm. the coach who oversaw the Baylor sexual assault scandal after they were fired, mm-hmm. fired from Baylor. Um, anyway, so yeah, all these people are clowns and, and it suck. Uh, getting back to Riggleman. <laughs> so, what he did here, he's on 60 Minutes promoting his book. Um, he this is a book he wasn't supposed to be writing. <laughs> he 
He signed uh, all sorts of confidentiality agreements and stuff to work on the January 6th committee. Because what he did was after he lost his election, he got hired as a senior staffer to the United States House Select Committee on January 6th. Um, he, he quit that job in April of this year. Um, uh, all about the stuff that's coming out after he gave an interview in June, uh, this, the former, uh, CIA, uh, former CIA inspector general, who's now the staff director for the January 6th committee, said in an email to staff, I want you to know that I'm deeply disappointed in his decision to discuss the select committee's work on television in direct contravention of his employment agreement. So, yeah, the committee does not want him to be saying all this shit. Uh, I have no idea. Maybe he'll push them to do, do a better job, or maybe he's blowing their fucking wad. I don't know. Um, right. But he had, he had been rumors about this book deal while he was still working there, and they confronted him over the rumors of his book. And he told him he was writing a book on a topic unrelated to his committee work. Um, maybe a third in his Bigfoot trilogy about Bigfoot being pregnant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Uh <laughs> In a later conversation before his departure from the committee staff, Riggleman had said he has been approached about writing a book related to the committee, but that it would not be published before the end of the year. So he, he, what he did complete about what the book was about, he lied about when it was coming out. So total weirdo, don't know how much to trust him. But also the White House switchboard thing is funny because he's saying, like, you can't have an unintentional call from the White House switchboard. Yeah, you can't butt dial from the White House switchboard. That's not right. <laughs> Yeah. But also yeah. he said that a bunch of people, several people in the crowd – with their cell phones, sent text messages to the White House switchboard, which a switchboard also cannot receive text messages. These people are so fucking dumb. All of them, our country was almost overthrown by the stupidest people here, including members of Congress who were all obsessed with Bigfoot. <laughs> and yeah. Congress is basically where we house our craziest people. And they've yeah. got to be crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's a goddamn shame. But all right, let's yeah. up, Mike. Get us some questions and comments and stuff. And while Matt's looking for some, I'm just wondering, Mark, what you think? Uh, what's your like prediction uh, for the, well, the end of January 6th committee as it comes to a close? Well, they're starting their final run of hearings. I don't know if they know how many hearings they're going to have because they're they've already yeah. had more than they planned on. As they keep uncovering more shit they want to talk about and tell the public about. So I imagine they will try to do this at regular intervals up to somewhere closer to the election mm-hmm. <laughs> because sure. it's good politics to remind people that Repub- the Republican party is significantly made up of psychopaths who want to kill us all. Yeah. Um, so right. I, my, my predict, my main prediction is, is they'll drag it out as long as possible. Yeah. I don't blame them. Oh, thank you, Matt. Like, and subscribe, everybody share, tell your friends, leave a five-star review, do all the internet stuff. We would appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it makes sense uh, to stretch it out up until the election as much as I can. <laughs> Mike on YouTube says, how about them Cowboys? Have we talked about you being a Cowboys fan before? Do people know uh, that? I think I probably weren't a Cowboys fan. Yeah. Don't, don't hate me for it. I do have a geographical connection. I lived in Texas for a long time. So it's like a, not just some fair weather fan. I did actually become a fan of theirs until after they already sucked for years and years. So I didn't even get to That's enjoy it. Yeah. Any of the success in the 70s, 80s, and 90s that led to people thinking all Cowboys fans are frontrunners. I merely joined the sad sack bag wagon after it was uh, full of horse shit on the way to the dump. So, <laughs> <laughs> Amanda W. Yeah. says, saw Trey live in Arkansas, and he was hilarious. Go get tickets. Well, thank you very much. That was, uh, yeah, Lowell, Arkansas, the Grove. Uh, I've never had a bad time in Northwest Arkansas, and I'm not saying that. Also, oh. I've been to Northwest Arkansas to do stand-up, I'm pretty sure, more than I've been anywhere else uh, other than, like, the places that I've lived before. So, yeah, it was a good weekend. Thanks for everybody coming out. I did the Looney Bin in Little Rock a couple times. It was a fun town. Um, 
the uh, you saw the blimp. Did you tell the people you saw the you saw the Goodyear blimp? Yeah, I saw the Goodyear blimp over Lowell, Arkansas, over Fayetteville. Yeah, I don't it know prompted a fun a fun text conversation because he sent the picture like, I "Wonder where it's going," and uh, we're joking about. It. Drew was like, "It'd be funny to be late for work in a blimp." And me yeah. being a fact checking nerd, looked up where he was supposed to be, and he was supposed to be uh, during the, the Ohio State game in Ohio. Uh, and he was he had four and a half hours to get from Northwest Arkansas to Ohio, so he was running late for work in a blimp. <laughs> <laughs> Sue uh, Miller says, be a subscriber. Best five bucks a month I spend. Well, that's very sweet of you to say. Yes, that's on Patreon she's you, talking Sue. about. Matt, getting all the plugs in there organically, using comments to replug the plugs. Look at producer Matt being a pro. How about that? Eric J. Laufenberg says, I saw Trey in Kansas City, and he was great. I love this, Matt, but you don't have to keep doing this. It's okay. Thank you all very much for that. Y'all going to give me the vapors. Ellen Castile says, now Matt's plugging himself. Matt's on fire. Ellen Castile says... <laughs> That poll, that poll about abortion is good news. Hopefully, it will make a difference in November. No, yeah, it is good news. Matt does good stuff, guys. Ruralorganizing.org. Uh, check them yeah. out. It's good news that people have seen beliefs about a very important issue to women's health. It's not good news they're in this position, but I do hope in right. this context, I hope going, forget all their fuck-ups in the past. I hope this helped the Democrats hold office going forward so they can fix it. Debbie Lynn yeah. Robinson says Matt's killing it. Yes, he is. And I've been I've been meaning to tell you, Matt, since you're back there listening. I've gotten some Patreon comments and messages and stuff from people that indicate that you've got a sort of uh Maris from Frasier or like uh who's another famous character from fiction, Mark, that you never see, you hear about all the time, but you never see like Niles' old wife, you know. Um Yeah. Norm's wife on Cheers. Yeah, like um, that. Producer Matt's one of those to some people. He's a man of mystery. They find him intriguing. What's he hiding? What's yeah. going on back there? The world may never know. Uh, mm-hmm. We've asked him to do stuff uh, before, uh, like on, on camera, be on the show. He won't do it. So you guys are yeah. SOL. You have to keep wondering I, what kind of guy I, he is. <laughs> I forget the name of the guy on Home Improvement who peeked over the Wilson, right? Wilson, yeah. You don't yeah. get that much from that. Um, no. I think it's not, more even like, the, not even the top part of his head. I like to think of it as Kaiser Sose. Yeah, there you like, go. <laughs> quietly running <sighs> shit in the background. No one even knows who he looked like. Matt's a Matt's a quiet, shy guy with the voice of an angel. That's and, true. Uh, yeah, great hair, tremendous hair, good hair, and a big yeah. heart. You're <laughs> <laughs> making him so uncomfortable right now. Yeah, oh, that's okay. Well, you got any more for us, Matt? Come on. Do you, before we go, um, this is a fun story from uh, t- yesterday. Uh, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxson fled his home to avoid being served with subpoena. Uh, yeah, so he, this process server knocked on his door and his wife said he was too busy to come to the door. So he got hung out of the driveway and then she pulled the fucking car around. And he basically hopped in the back of the car and they sped off. This process server chased him. <laughs> if you don't familiar with Ken Paxton, he's been uh, under indictment for securities fraud since 2015 and also accused by a bunch of people in his own office for taking bribes and firing them for whistleblowing. So it just really hits for me that the uh, head law enforcement official in the state of Texas is an abject fucking criminal who runs for process servers. So anyway, yeah. I look forward to his uh, Senate campaign or whatever in the future. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's uh, yeah going to be moving on up. All right. So, yeah, yeah even though Matt kind of helped us do it again already, I still will take this opportunity to remind everybody, TreyCrowder.com to get some tickets. Come and see me. Uh, and, again, we're going to be adding new dates to that. 
Um, we'll be in Oklahoma City Sunday, Raleigh, North Carolina next weekend. Got some California dates coming up after that. Homecoming shows, homecoming Christmas shows like we do every year at Zany's in Nashville. Those are always a blast. And also, yeah, go to weeklyskews.com slash more or go on Patreon, search for me, sign up in the SKUs tier, $5 a month. You get full-length bonus episodes. We're going to do another one later this week. And as always, do like, smash that like button, hit subscribe, do all the smashing, sharing, all that good stuff. We've, uh, I don't know how long we've been doing this now, but it's been a little while and you guys have been hanging around and we appreciate it. And uh, yeah, love yous, and we'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs>